Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Psyched Convos on Psychology, Relationships, and Personal Growth. I'm Nicole. And I'm Laura. And today we're going to be talking about complex PTSD. So before we start today's episode, we just wanted to give you guys one last reminder that we are starting a 13-day self-esteem challenge, and that's going to be starting in only three days on May 18th. Um, So if you haven't joined the Psyched Facebook group yet, please go ahead over there and do so. Um, That's where the challenge is going to be taking place. Again, it's going to be 13 days. It's going to be really awesome. Um, the videos, we're going to be posting videos and homework questions every single day. They're not going to be super long, so don't worry about taking up so much of your time. Um, but yeah, go ahead and join the Psyched Facebook group for that. You can find the link um, in the show notes for that, or you can go to our Instagram or Facebook pages um, and follow through there and join that group through there. And we're super excited to get started on this. It's going to be really awesome. We're going to have a lot of different tools and resources to give you and a lot of different trainings and um questions and journal prompts that'll really get you uh, to understand your sense of self-esteem a lot better and to learn how to grow and develop your self-esteem. So if you are interested in that, we would love to see you in the Facebook group. And yeah, otherwise we'll dive right into the episode. Today we're talking about complex PTSD. And I know personally, I really didn't know what this was until about two months ago. So it's actually a pretty new, uh, I guess, not even disorder, what would you call it? Yeah, it's actually, I mean, um, it's actually been presented to be put in as a disorder into the DSM, which is about basically the Bible for um, a list of disorders, um, explained that's accepted by the psychiatric community. Um, But it has not yet. However, there's a lot of um, studies and information out there that is recognizing it as a true disorder. And so I I think it's an important one to uh, address. Right. And so basically what it is, it's a result from repeated trauma over months or years rather than a single event like PTSD is. Um, And sometimes you might have heard this referred to as little T traumas uh, because they're usually not as big as something like being in a huge car accident or um, being mugged or something that was a big one-time scary event. Right, right. Yeah, so they'll call them little T's or little traumas because it's uh, um, built off of several um, traumatic events that have accumulated over a long stretch of time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And so we'll go ahead and dive right now into the symptoms of both PTSD and complex PTSD so you can kind of get a feel for the difference between the two. Yeah, because I think probably PTSD is a little bit more, which, by the way, we want to say the whole name. Uh, It would be uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, or what we're talking about is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. So to make sure that we get that across. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so there are differences that, so people might've heard about post-traumatic stress disorder. I think a lot of times um, people recognize it from people who have come back from the military and they've, they experience these um, types of behaviors and symptoms that are related to the trauma that they experienced in time of war. Right. Um, so, I mean, so some of those typical 
symptoms would be like flashbacks of of the trauma. So they're like, as if they're reliving them, Mm -hmm. Um, they might have bad dreams about them or really frightening thoughts uh, regarding them. Um, They may avoid particular places or people or anything that will remind them of the trauma. Um, Even even, um, any thoughts or feelings, they might try to avoid any thoughts or feelings somehow related yeah, repressing them in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times they're easily startled. They feel tense or on edge all the time. Uh, they often have difficulty sleeping. Um, they may have just angry outbursts out of nowhere. Right. Um, so that's a typical thing. Um, a lot of times they'll ha- kind of have trouble remembering certain key factors <clears throat> about mm-hmm. the event. Um, so that and I assume is, that's another form of repression of the yeah, memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To yeah. keep yourself protected from experience them, experiencing them again. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And um, a lot of times that because of all these symptoms, you know, they'll, they'll have negative thoughts about themselves um, in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they might have distorted feelings about feeling of any guilt or blame. Uh, and they usually have a loss in any enjoyable activities, so nothing really seems enjoyable t- to them anymore. So that would be specific to PTSD. Right. And I assume people with PTSD then have probably more, um, are more susceptible then to depression or anxiety as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're not able to experience the joys in life. And so I, that would take away from how they, you know, if they were- experience uh, things. Yeah. Well, it seems yeah. like these fulfillment. The, right. Well, it seems like the prominent thing that's happening is that this is always kind of in the back of their mind, and it's mm-hmm. always s- sort of right there, even if it's not completely in their present moment. It's just kind of like right sitting next to them, kind of in that little peripheral right. view. So they right. can't really focus on and enjoy the actual present moment that they're in. Right, right. Reminds me a little of the, there's that commercial with the, about depression, actually, where there's this cloud following the person. Right. And it's always there, but when yeah. they, they're proposing medication, but, and then it gets smaller. But anyway, it is sort of like, it's always there. Right. Behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so those were the um, symptoms more PTSD, um, which you, if you have complex PTSD, you also can have these symptoms or have some sort of like, it's tied to these symptoms as well. But then there are other ones that are more closely connected to complex PTSD. Right, right. So there's some really prominent things in complex PTSD that may not be as prominent in um, the simple PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, So one of the hallmarks of the complex post-traumatic stress disorder is really reliving emotional emotional flashbacks mm-hmm. um, so it's having it's they relive times where they have been extremely emotionally hurt um, and one of the things that results from that is um, an intense feeling of um, of shame so mm-hmm. basically what they would call toxic shame and it which has a tendency to really obliterate our self-esteem. And you can also, you can almost look at it as if like you're 
that's a very intense way to describe it, but like your soul has been murdered because of the rejection of your own emotional expression, which alienates you from being able to basically recognize your feelings um, or recognize how you feel. And so you aren't able to actually feel all your feelings. Mm-hmm. You don't even recognize all your feelings. Right. So that that's pretty much a hallmark. Right. And that makes sense. Cause I think, I mean, we've touched on this in one of our earlier episodes around shame, but the difference between the shame and guilt and shame is really about um, it really targets your core sense of self and who you feel like you are deep down. Um, mm-hmm. So it makes sense if you've been um, constantly like over time um, hurt emotionally that you're going to feel it in feel a sense of shame and feel it in who you are deep down, not just in that surface level guilt feeling. Right. Right. So what comes along also with um, complex PTSD is really having, because you, you know, if you've had that experience with emotional rejection, you turn that, that becomes your voice. And so you develop a really tyrannical inner and or um, sometimes outer critics. So you can be very critical of yourself, critical of others, um, and how you see the world uh, in general. Right. Um, there's also, a, there's almost a sense of self-abandonment, you know, like you don't even, it's almost like not even acknowledging yourself mm-hmm. um, as existing as a, a, a person. Um, so that um, you can experience social anxiety. Um, Oftentimes there's intense feelings of loneliness um, and just feeling abandoned by the world. Right. Um, Well, I think like, because I think what we mentioned is that the the neglect and the emotional abuse and um, being hurt emotionally comes more from your caregivers from the, for the most part. Right. So when you're not getting that feeling of safety and um, support from your caregivers when you're a child, then that makes sense that you're going to start feeling these feelings of abandonment. Right, right. Uh, you don't take yourself as worthy, so you're not going to <clears throat> be there for yourself. You're not going to be your own adv- self-advocate. Adv- right. So, um, and so that um, can also lead into, um, you know, and these are all sort of overlapping and related, um, but having a fragile self-esteem. We often have difficulty with attachment to others in our lives, um, which could relate to developing an attachment disorder, whether you're, um, you know, there's secure attachment versus insecure attachment. So your relationships in general. Avoidant as well. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Um, and so definitely then it creates relationship difficulties. Mm -hmm. So you may have definitely that, um, it can cause us to kind of arrest our development. So, as so we're not able to move forward in the natural growth process of our maturing process in life. So certain parts of us may not be, um, may not develop as, you know, as normally as maybe as somebody who hasn't experienced that. Um, and so another um, uh, symptom would be having really strong radical mood 
changes, mm-hmm. you know, having something, you know, experiencing that, um, which what comes to mind is um, the diagnosis of bipolar and mm-hmm. how often is it possibly um, yes. <laughs> something complex, complex PTSD versus, you know, they're naming it as bipolar and not really seeing you know, kind of that is being something that you just have versus complex PTSD is something that you, because you, of your experiences. When you talk about the radical mood vacillation, so, and then bringing up, we haven't talked about bipolar yet, but maybe we could probably do that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but isn't bipolar more um, extended periods of time with mood changes? So like, it's not like a day to day, you're going to have a period of one day you're happy, one day you're sad. It's more like a longer length of period with bipolar. Whereas this, I think- Depends. Okay. Depends. There are different types. Mm-hmm. So some can vacillate throughout the day okay. and some can, uh, or, or one day this, one day that, and mm-hmm. some it's more prolonged where there's like three weeks of this right. and then two weeks of that, or it depends. Yeah. So okay. it, it actually can, it just depends on what type of bipolar you have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to par- clarify. Cause I always thought that bipolar actually was more extended periods of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. so there are different types. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then that makes sense. Yeah. Um, another symptom would be, um, disassociation, uh, hard word to say. Um, so a lot of times we kind of distract ourselves in activities or mental processes. I think sometimes maybe an example of this might be, um, I would say video games, yeah. you know, we can get so absorbed in another life, let's say mm-hmm. that, and video games have become very story-like these days. So I think that might be a wide who knows if why there's such a <laughs> attraction to them. I think they're addicting just in general, but, right. um, but yeah, it takes you out of your own world. So <clears throat> I think that's, you know, well then I assume like addiction with um, drugs and alcohols would be categorized in this section too. Right. Right. Yeah. You can certainly disassociate by that. Yep. Um, oversensitivity to stressful situations. So rather than seeing them basically for what they are, kind of overreacting, mm-hmm. you know, really spazzing out over something that typically maybe wouldn't be something to be um, so upset about. So that would be um, a symptom. And unfortunately, a lot of times there's suicidal ideation, um, and that's pretty common too. Um, <laughs> So it's, um, it might, and suicidal ideation is really, it might be having passive thoughts Mm -hmm. about, you know, what would it be like, or, you know, so it's not like you have any kind of active plan. Never Um, seriously considering it, doing it. However, it could be, you know, a more active suicidal ideation would be like, okay, when do I think I want to do it? How do I think I want to do it? Oh, how am I going to, I'm going to prepare, you know, that kind of thing. So you're more intentional about thinking about how you're, how you're going to actually do it. So, yeah, but definitely um, when we were talking about bipolar, you know, I, I was saying that complex PTSD, sometimes we are diagnosed with something maybe more like bipolar. Mm -hmm. Um, Other ones that might, we might be diagnosed with, or people might be diagnosed with is some, is like ADHD. Because um, we can be more hypervigilant or um, on edge or right. distracted. Um, 
more so distracted, um, panic disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when we're diagnosed with these, if we're really having complex PTSD, um, these diagnoses are really kind of a simplify simplification of the actual issues. Right. So they're kind of directed at one area, whereas PTSD, complex PTSD has incorporating a lot more, a lot, a lot of different areas. Um, that and we're you struggling basically with. by diagnosing you with one of those, you're not really addressing the full problem. You're only addressing one part of this right. whole complex PTSD issue. Right. Right. Because yeah. it's all encompassing really. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, obviously, like I said, like I didn't really even hear about this until a few months ago. So obviously it is more on the newer side. And I think hopefully as time goes on, as this becomes more prevalent and known and people get educated on it, then we can start seeing. And once it actually becomes um, a diagnostic, get the diagnostic verification, then hopefully we can um, start seeing this and people can start addressing this issue and actually treating their problems instead of just the anxiety or just the panic disorder. Right, right, exactly. All right, so we've talked a lot about now what it is. So we've given you a lot of the symptoms. So hopefully that was helpful. And now we want to talk about how do we actually get it? So complex PTSD is caused by any sort of long trauma, kind of like we said earlier, it's not one big event. Um, So this has to happen over months or years. And it's typically caused by abuse in a relationship with a caregiver. So like we said again earlier, it is a chi- it's formed more in childhood or it's caused by um, experiences in childhood with a caregiver. Yeah. Um, although it, it doesn't have to always be. Um, but um, yeah, so some examples that might um, cause PTSD, uh, complex PTSD. PTSD is um, survivors of human trafficking. So usually they're taken very young and then that becomes, you know, they see whoever has taken them, they start seeing them as a caregiver and then they, what, however they've been treated, that translates into <clears throat> the abuse. Right. Um, so, so they can experience it from that. Um, childhood sex- sexual abuse um, by a relative. Um, any any kind of childhood abuse, so physical, emotional, um, and and also in in um, sometimes in uh, relationships, just partner relationships, uh, love relationships. There can be physical, emotional, or sexual sexual abuse, which mm-hmm. could cause complex PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, another example would be like being in a, a prisoner of war. Mm-hmm. So for a long period of time, you're under the captivity of you know, the opposing the enemy. Yeah. The enemy. And, um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's, you can see that as that being a caregiver at that time and how that then translates to, um, how they start. Well, it seems like someone that you have to rely on, even if it's someone that you know is not like good necessarily, like with this, in the cases of the prisoner of war, the human trafficking, you know, that this person took you and like has, is you're, you're not there on your own free will but you have to rely on them in the situations that you're in. Right, right. For, for survival, yeah. Right, right, yeah. And then some other examples would be um, living in an area of war for long periods of time. 
Um, and then, like we said, uh, just any type of an ongoing childhood neglect. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be as strong as um, abuse, but neglect can be very harmful as well if it's constant and um, in your formative years. Right. So really what's at the core of complex PTSD is the minimization of the damage that was caused by the extensive emotional neglect. Um, So there's basically a denial of that damage. And that is really what um, does the damage. That's, and that, that compounds it, that, that um, continues to create the symptoms that, you're experiencing if you have that. It kind of reminds me of, um, which we talked about this in our emotional abuse um, episode, what gaslighting. So it's basically denying your reality, telling you like, even though all these terrible things are happening to you and yeah, maybe they're not like, there's something, they're not like so huge that people can't, can't like, um, it, like something like a car crash or a plane accident or something really big like that. Like obviously no one's going to deny that, like that, you know that that happened. Right. But in these small scenarios where it's just like little emotional neglect, small abuse, like gaslighting, then you can actually tell someone that it didn't happen or kind of play with their reality. And I think, too, the the denial piece is that there's a denial um, from others sometimes Mm -hmm. because it's hard to see emotional abuse. But there's also a denial in yourself if you have it, if you've experienced it sometimes you're in denial, you don't quite believe. So it's kind of, you get this double whammy outside and inside. Um, But emotional abuse is, you know, if it wasn't an emotionally abusive relationship, you have experienced complex PTSD because you've been in a long period of time in something like that. So Mm -hmm. it it basically is that you're experiencing the symptoms of that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, so when we talk about how do we get complex PTSD, like we've said in other episodes and other mental disorders, some people are more susceptible than others to getting this. So um, like we kind of said, like you're inherently born with a base level of resilience. And so if you have that really resilient trait, you might not be as susceptible to getting complex PTSD, even if you did have experienced emotional neglect or abuse. Right. I think that's that's the thing. I, I know there's studies on resilience factors and what that is. And um, uh, some of that is those are those inborn qualities that we have mm-hmm. <clears throat> that protect us. But um, I think obviously the more severe the abuse is, the, you know, resilience factors are not, you know, at, at some point you're going to be affected. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, depending on these kind of inborn characteristics that we have, um, there's basically four types of ways that we respond to emotional abuse. Um, So, for example, if you're in a family and your parents are abusive emotionally or uh, neglecting to allow you to express you, you know, particular emotions, there's four ways that typically you would respond, and that's dependent on how, how you, your makeup. Um, and one would be, it's related to how you would respond, because you're always put, 
when you're in this situation, it's activating your fight or flight response. So um, if you typically react with the fight response in order to deal with this type of thing, you will lean toward having more narcissistic traits, mm -hmm. you know, um, in your way of acting in the world. Um, if you tend to have more uh, react with a flight response, then you'll probably have a more tendency to have obsessive compulsive characteristics. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, if you tend to freeze, because that would be another response to the fight or flight, it's fight, flight, or freeze, <laughs> um, you may be may more disassociate. So kind of like blocking everything out. And so that may be more where you lean toward addiction of some sort. Right. Um, and then the last one, which is not necessarily considered in the fight, flight, or uh, freeze response, but in addition, would be the fawn response. And that would be leaning where you would become more codependent. So you're, you're basically living your life around others and you're, you know, making their... Um, their interests, their concerns more important and you're neglecting your own, um, your own self. So. Well, and that's the opposite side of the narcissistic coin is the codependent. Right. So those two right. go hand in hand. Right. Okay. So now that we've covered uh, the causes of complex PTSD, who's more susceptible and how do you get it? We want to now obviously focus on how can we get over complex PTSD? So one of the first things that we can do, and this is probably, I know we say this almost in every episode, but I feel like for this one specifically, I think this is really probably one of the only ways that you can do get over it is by going to therapy. Right, right. Yeah, therapy would be important. Um, and specifically therapy that's trauma focused, <clears throat> because you want to address all the things that uh, you want somebody to recognize what you know how to treat somebody who's um, familiar with treating trauma so and that takes recognizing all the different aspects um, to work on and so some of the things that you would uh, you really need to start working on is developing uh, a sense of self-acceptance so when we have the complex PTSD, we're not accepting ourselves for who we are. So, so that's an important part. Um, usually you've lost a sense of your identity. So it's learning to find that. It's basically um, um, developing a clear sense of who you are because we've learned to cut off parts of ourselves, um, deny parts of ourselves that weren't accepted. And so that's an important part. Um, developing self-compassion. Um, and a sense of self-protection. So really learning how to trust ourselves again, because we haven't been able to trust our own judgment to um, keep ourselves protected from the abuse. Mm -hmm. And so that's, a, that's an important part. Um, <clears throat> another thing would be to learn how to draw comfort from relationships instead of seeing them as a threat. Because when we, um, have experienced complex PTSD, all relationships are a threat. 
So it's learning how to develop a sense of comfort, learning how to find comfort in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, just an overall ability to relax because I think there's a tendency to kind of, to always be tense and mm-hmm. anxious on edge, hypervigilant. Um, learning how to be able to fully express all parts of ourselves. So we, if we just say, you know, we only express, only these parts are acceptable, again, we're denying parts of ourselves. So we have to understand how to, that we have to be able to give expression to all parts of ourselves. Because right. when we had, because we were told that not, some of our feelings are not okay. Right. So meaning are, like, so. let's say if we um, are angry, you know, not denying that we're angry or we don't, or that's wrong to be angry, but to be able to express it, of course, in a healthy way, right. not in a destructive <laughs> way, but right. we, but we all experience these feelings. There's no human being that doesn't. So we have to be able to, able, we have to be able to allow ourselves to express it. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> I think we have to learn to develop a sense of willpower and motivation because um, uh, usually if you've grown up or had that experience, you don't feel like you have much control in the world. Um, So we have to start recognizing or believing again that we do have an ability to influence our world and, um, you know, make it and and live in a world and have some say in how we live in that world. Take the control back for yourself. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, and so um, a lot of this, again, has to do with self-care, and, you know, looking at how do we give care to ourselves. Um, and that also includes building self-esteem and self-confidence. and um, and then just renewing our belief that life is really a gift and it's not just something to be tolerated. And then, um, so there's different ways to uh, work on these different facets Mm -hmm. of what we need to um, focus on. So um, according to therapist and author Pete Walker, um, he's come up with several areas that of healing that we need to focus on. And, um, I, I really like the way he de- organized it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so the first one is, um, cognitive healing. And so I think first we have to understand really what it is. So it's about education, about what complex PTSD is, mm-hmm. um, recognizing that that's, um, that's what we have. If that's what you have, you know, and what is it and how does it kind of like what we just, <laughs> right. this is, this is what it is. What it is. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, um, the next would be, uh, uh, healing through mindfulness. So we have to become very aware. And as I think we've mostly stressed through many of our podcasts, that self-awareness is mm-hmm. the first step. So we really have to become aware of our inner commentary, um, what are we telling ourselves? What's the typical theme that's going on? So, so that's a really important piece. Um, and then um, <clears throat> another healing aspect is our emotional healing. And that is through starting to learn how to accept all parts of ourself emotionally. So if we've cut off certain emotions that we 
feel that are not um, acceptable, we have to start learning how to incorporate those back in because that's what helps us feel whole. Right. So it's kind of re reintegrating all that into our all self. parts of ourself. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, we also have to grieve. We have to grieve. Um, grieve our losses. So the fact that we did lose part of ourselves and had, you know, lost um, maybe experiences in our life that we would have taken had we not had those negative things happen. Mm -hmm. So we have to go through um, grieving those losses and that helps us to start um, reconnecting back to our emotions. Right. And we also want to start working on developing a sense of belonging to humanity there's a real sense of feeling lost and disconnected so we want to regain that sense of belonging to humanity to life in general just to 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 people Mm -hmm. so so that's an important aspect um and then developing a sense of gratitude um so it's important that we really learn to see the good in life um that we f- can bring that focus that there is good in life, um, but also with um, with the understanding that um, we still have the ability to discern what is truly negative and unacceptable in the present. So it's not about just seeing through rose-colored glasses, but typically we've lost our sense of experiencing or seeing anything good. So kind of starting to bring that focus back. Right. Mm. And then the last um, area would be uh, somatic healing. So that would refer to how we're experiencing these symptoms in our body. So when we have complex PTSD, a lot of things that we may experience are a sense of hypervigilance, which is just always being alert, alert. ready. Yeah, high alert, Mm -hmm. extra alert. Yeah, so that we're never actually calm. Right. we sometimes uh, we often will have shallow or incomplete breathing, you know, not really taking in deep breaths. So that's um, a hallmark of that. Um, or muscle tension, like chronic muscle tightness, and we're not even aware of that anymore. Um, sometimes that's related, you know, we have um, headaches or migraines, and that's that could be a sign uh, of that be, because of tightness which may mm-hmm. be because of the complex Yeah. Right. So, um, and then of course, when we are tight like that, we have, our body takes a lot of wear and tear. So we have to learn how do we heal that? Mm-hmm. Um, and how can we learn and important to learn? Um, we don't usually have a, a, an ability to relax or just feel fully present or grounded in our bodies. Right. So, so we, so that's something to look at, or we may not, we may struggle with sleep problems because we're overactive in our mind all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's an issue. Um, a lot of people experience digestive disorders because you're, when you're in this fight or flight mode, if you're always in this hypervigilance, you tend to tighten up your core and what that means is you tighten your digestive tract. And so it can be the cause or aggravate the symptoms of something like IBS or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's definitely 
<clears throat> can be related. And then if we tend to be more dissociative and we've engaged in, <clears throat> you know, maybe um, things to distract, um, you know, like self-medicate, basically. We could be doing a lot of physiological damage to our bodies. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> so sort of using all of these types of things, like, right. like alcohol, drugs, even food. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And definitely food is a way to um, deal, deal with, with uh, these, these symptoms. So, mm -hmm. or, or these, um, with complex PTSD. Right. So, um, and some good ways to actually um, help with the semantic um, healing, um, stuff uh, such as uh, yoga. Mm -hmm. So that's really good. There is definitely um, yoga that's specifically geared for trauma mm -hmm. and healing trauma. So um, you would want to look for that. But yoga is awesome because it starts reconnecting you to your body and feeling your body, which we've often tend to cut off from when we've had these experiences. Um, so also to like massage, um, meditation, or some kind of relaxation training. And, um, <clears throat> and then there's um, a type of theory called, therapy called EMDR, um, which is, stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Uh, and that can help a lot with semantic um, issues. Um, well, I know it's used more, mostly like, or like where it started was for PTSD, treating PTSD. Right. But it can help with the bodily issues that are going mm -hmm. on with complex PTSD as well. Um, and what, it, what it, they really do in that is you, you sounds kind of scary, but you relive the trauma or the triggering experiences in very brief doses, and that's while the therapist is directing your eye movements, basically with their finger. And there's a way, there's something that's activating in the brain that's helping you start to put the memories of the trauma in its appropriate place, which would be memories versus being in the present. So right. that's basically what that is. Right, and so basically the goal with all this treatment is to really attempt to develop or recapture our feelings of trust in ourselves and in other people. But I think, yeah, like what you said, really highlighting trusting in yourself again, because for so long we were taught that our reality isn't real and what we're feeling is not, isn't okay. And so you begin to doubt yourself a lot. And I think that's a pretty big, um, like a hallmark, like you said, of complex PTSD. So, really what you want to do, begin to do is regain that trust in yourself again. So then you can go on to trust others and to trust in the world again. And this does obviously take time, like everything that happens with um, mental health, um, but learning to recognize and participate in healthy relationships with family and friends is a really big step because this all does stem from, um, most likely it stems from a caregiver or someone that you rely on mistreating you. And so when we can build those healthy relationships and connect with people who have a positive impact on our lives and treat us with respect and um, who don't neglect or abuse us. That's a huge step and can really help with the healing process and help you um, reintegrate back into normal life. All right, I think, do you have anything else to add? Uh, no, I think, I think we've covered quite a bit. 
So we hope you enjoy this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening again. We really appreciate it. Um, If you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, that would be awesome. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you found it really helpful or learned something new, we would love if you could share it with a friend who you think would benefit from it or just find it interesting. We really want to continue to grow the podcast and um, get more listeners because we think this stuff is really important to talk about and bring awareness to. So the more that we can share and get the word out would be awesome. And also once again, we are doing a 13 day self-esteem challenge starting on May 18th. So if you want to learn about how to grow your self-esteem, if you want to have more awareness around your own self-esteem and get your questions answered and have a really supportive group and community around you, when you go through that, join the psyched Facebook group. That's where the challenge is going to be happening. Um, we're really excited about it and we already have a lot of stuff going on in there. So hopefully you Go ahead and join that as soon as possible. So once again, that starts on May 18th. And otherwise, we'll talk to you next week.